Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones, and I have a quiet talk for you. What do you think of when somebody says, so-and-so is a needy person? I know what you probably think, the same as me. When we say somebody is needy, it usually means they're not easy to be around. Maybe they're always depressed, always self-focused, never happy, always talking about their problems. I don't think I'm that way. I hope you're not. Hopefully, you've got it all together. You're well-balanced, have a happy marriage, a good job, people like you. You have self-confidence. Maybe you're even rich, a millionaire perhaps. More power to you. By the way, if you are a rich millionaire, I'd like you to email me at father.danjones at outlook.com. I have a ministry investment opportunity for you that will pay eternal dividends. I have to confess that when I'm around a so-called needy person, I can't help but be thankful that I'm not like them. I'd rather be happy. I'd rather be someone that people like to be around. I don't want to be a burden. Jesus told a story once about a guy who went to church, and he was praying, probably out loud. And as he was praying, he was looking around, no doubt, to make sure everybody was noticing him and his piety. And he saw in the service somebody who was a known sinner. So he thanked God that he wasn't like that guy. He said, God, thank you that I'm not like other people, crooks, cheats, adulterers, or even like that wicked guy over there who won't even look up at you like I'm doing. I'm sure you know the story. And you know that the guy praying all these things was not the hero. The hero of Jesus' story was the guy who knew he was needy. As a preacher, I can't help but think a lot about why some people respond positively to the gospel and others don't. I'm sure I can't know all the reasons, but I'm pretty sure I know one, one that keeps many people from following Christ. Let me explain. If you've had children or even have ever been around small children at all, you know that early in life a child wants to be independent. My wife and I keep two of our grandchildren. Just yesterday, and I can't remember what the exact issue was, I was about to do something for my three-year-old granddaughter, and she protested, I can do it by myself. I remember once a situation with one of my own daughters, who is now an adult. She was in her room not knowing that her mom was overhearing her. She was trying to tie her shoes. Apparently, she had asked God for help, and he came through. When she successfully, successfully tied her shoe, Debbie heard her say, Thank you, God. That's just what I needed. Now, she could have asked her mom for help, but she asked God. It seems that when God helped her, he didn't just miraculously tie her shoe for her, but he gave her the know-how she needed to do it herself. Most older adults hope that the day won't come when they have to be cared for like a baby. No one wants to be a burden on their children, and certainly no one wants the humiliation that goes along with this type of elder care. So most people don't like to come to terms with the fact 
that there is an area where they are already totally needy. And their only hope is to call out to God for his help and his mercy. This offends our pride. And this is why many people don't submit to God. They'd rather save themselves. But the truth is, our pride needs to be offended. It needs to be forsaken. Regardless of your age or health, there's one area in which all of us are equally needy. And of course, I'm talking about our spiritual need. The prophet wrote centuries ago, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Regardless of how the people around us see us, we are all equally lost. We have wandered away like sheep. And like sheep, we can't find ourselves. Somebody has to come and find us. And that somebody is the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. In the second and third chapters of the book of Revelation, the risen Christ addresses seven churches that were located in what is modern-day Turkey, but was then called Asia Minor. He had specific messages for each congregation, and the last message was to the church in the city of Laodicea. Here's what their Savior said to them. For you say... I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. What a stinging indictment from the lips of Jesus. Apparently, the church at Laodicea was full of wealthy people. I imagine their pastor was well-paid. The community probably looked up to these model citizens. But unfortunately, they had a serious lack of self-awareness. While the church in Laodicea may have been rich in material things, spiritually speaking, they were in abject poverty. Our Lord describes them as wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. This description must have come as a shock to them. Hopefully, it was an effective wake-up call to a spiritually lukewarm church. Where do you stand, my friend? How do you see yourself? Not in a material sense, but not socially, but do you see yourself as God sees you? I want to be as clear as possible. The purpose of this message is not to discourage you or put you down, but to open your eyes to what is real. All of us, most certainly, including me and every minister who stands in every pulpit on Sunday, we are all in desperate spiritual need. Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount begins like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit just means that you fully recognize your own spiritual poverty. You know that you are needy, and that's good. Jesus says 
If you are keenly aware of your need, then you are genuinely blessed. Because if you are aware of your need, you will look to the only one who can meet it, Jesus. Imagine that this very day you were transported to the very presence of God. And imagine that there in his awesome and holy presence, he had a big screen on which he began to project everything you had ever done for all to see, including those things you have done in secret that nobody knows about but you. How would that be for you? Again, I'm not trying to condemn you. That thought is as unpleasant to me as to anybody, maybe more so. But I propose that scenario in order to remind me and you of our abject spiritual poverty. We are desperately in need. But there is good news. God knows about our need and has lovingly and graciously made more than full provision for us. Whereas I am completely unholy, Jesus is completely holy, and in infinite love he has taken all of my unholiness to Calvary's cross. He has taken it upon himself and suffered there for me. Through faith in what he has done, I can be free from my sin. Being made free, though, does not mean that I am no longer needy. Every moment of every day, I must call upon him and rely on his wonderful and amazing grace. Thank God that all my needs are met in Christ. Let's pray. O oh God, I need Thee, oh, I need Thee, every hour I need Thee. God, we need You desperately. Without You, we are lost. Without You, we are undone. But with Jesus, we have forgiveness. We have restoration. We have freedom. We have eternal life. I pray that all of those listening to me today will call out to you, Lord Jesus, in their need, in their spiritual need, regardless of their social or economic status, they'll cry out to God and say, Jesus, I need you every hour, every moment of every day. Oh God, I need you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the answer to all of our needs. Meet each need in the group of folks who listen to these podcasts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My good friend, please pray for me, for my family, and for our little group of folks who meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall in Schenectady, New York. It's at the corner of Union Street, 1809 Union Street, and Cornelius, the American Legion Hall. We call ourselves the Bread of Life Anglican Church. And uh, we're trying to raise up a work for the Lord, for the glory of God there in the Schenectady area. So please keep us in your prayers. And if you're in that area and you don't have a church home, we'd love to meet you at 10 o'clock on Sunday, 1809 
Union Street. As always, I may be reached by email, and I hope you will email me just to say, Hey, Dan, I listened to your talk. It's okay. I'm listening to you. God bless you. Just that is fine. Father.danjones at Outlook.com. God bless you.